1: Uh, today, as we uh, begin to dive into God's Word, I, w- I want to begin with just a small, uh, quick exercise. Um, I want you to think about your all-time favorite Christmas gift. Now, some of you are just itching in anticipation of getting out of here to go do Christmas gifts. But think back, like, what is your all-time favorite? That one thing that maybe you remember from your childhood, that, that one gift Maybe you've, and maybe if you've been doing some snooping, maybe your favorite gifts under the tree and you're getting ready to unwrap it, don't raise your hand. But what's your favorite gift? Uh, For me, I I remember the year that mom and dad got uh, bikes for my sister and I, and they, they weren't under, what stands out to me is that they weren't under the tree, they were kind of in the back of the house, they were out by the back door, and I was so engrossed in what was happening in the living room with the tree, right, Like I was oblivious to the bikes, well, somebody finally sent me after the cat or something at the back door, and it's just like, oh, ah! you know, bikes, man, that's a quintessential moment in a kid's life. And so I remember that. That memory stands out so much for me. So, so what is it for you? What's that favorite ultimate gift? Uh, somebody after first service said, oh, it was, it was one of the starter jackets that zipped all the way. I like, oh, I remember those. I remember those. So, as you've got your favorite gift in mind, let me ask you one more question. Do you still have it? Do you still have it? I mean, it's the greatest gift of all time. Like, you have it, right? I think if we're honest, uh, sometimes most Christmas gifts, even the greatest ones, don't last all that long. Certainly, they don't last forever. Uh, One study found that most gift trends, like the, the popular things, last about eight months which, to be honest, was about seven more than I anticipated, they were going to say. Uh, But I I found a news article online that was pretty interesting. Uh, It was highlighting the most popular, those ultimate gifts from previous generations, from decades gone before. Uh, And so it kind of supports this theory that even the greatest gifts don't last forever. Uh, I want to begin, and I'm curious, maybe some of you had some of these, and it'll bring back some memories for you. Uh, How about the 1950s Mr. Potato Head? 1950s Mr. Potato Head. Uh, He was first introduced in 1952. Uh, Of course, this toy looks dramatically different, and most notably, you don't supply your own potato anymore. (laughs) Like, that's a real potato that you stuck eyes and ears into, and so right there, that tater's going to be rotten. It can't last forever. Mr. Potato Head. So let's jump to the 60s. The Etch-a-Sketch, ah, these first came out in 1960, and they sold nearly 600,000 Etch-a-Sketch in the first year. I remember having one of these uh, as a kid, so they must have made it to the late 80s or 90s somewhere. Uh, I have no idea where it would be now. Uh, I remember about an Etch-a-Sketch, I was really good at drawing stairs. Some of you are going to need to Google an Etch-a-Sketch, and you'll get that later, you call me. Let's take another leap into the 1990s with this red monster. Uh, (laughs) I remember this uh, as a kid, not because I wanted one, but because everybody else did. Like people were going crazy over Tickle Me Elmo. Uh, It's alleged in 1996 that someone paid $7,000 for one of these dolls. $7,000. Seven thousand dollars. Now, if you're feeling left out and you would like to have one, it won't cost you seven thousand dollars today, not even seventy. You can get as many of these guys as you want for twenty bucks on eBay with free shipping. So if you want to experience the 90s, right to your door for a 20. so let's let's jump. the verdict's still out on this one. in the two thousand teens, Miss Elsa, Elsa, yeah still popular. Elsa came out onto the scene and some 10 plus years later, she still garners quite a following. Uh, As the father of a four-year-old daughter, I, I fear that Elsa is somewhere in my future. But if Mr. Potato Head or Tickle Me Elmo are any indicators, even Elsa won't last forever. You see, Even looking back across the decades, as we remember gifts from years gone by, as we remember maybe what was special to us, for all the things that have been outgrown, lost, or broken, there is one gift that lasts. There's one gift that lasts. It's a gift we need, and the good news is that you can have it. You can have it. The gift of presence the gift of presence. You see, the ultimate gift has been given, and it's guaranteed to last forever. The question before us tonight is, will you receive it? Will you receive it, the gift of presence? Throughout uh, this Christmas season, we've been uh, seeking to understand the power and the meaning of the name uh, given to Jesus in the Christmas story of Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, if we were trying to boil down Christmas, if you had to uh, boil all the celebrations of the story down to one single word, that would have to be presence. Not presence like Tickle Me Elmo or Mr. Potato Head, but presence with a C, presence. The essence of Christmas is the presence of God with us in Christ Jesus. His presence changes Everything. This is the amazing promise that we find in the story of Christmas. And let's dive into that story today in Matthew's gospel. Uh, We're going to begin at chapter 1. We're going to pick up just after the genealogy in verse 18. The text will be on the screen. There's also a YouVersion app set up for us tonight. Diving into the Christmas story in the gospel of Matthew at verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. which means God with us. His presence changes everything. What we see in the story of Christmas is that Jesus didn't come because we needed more presents like Tickle Me Elmo. Uh, He didn't come because we needed a few days off from work or even an excuse to eat entirely too many cookies in a single month. We're going to help with that after service if you haven't had your fill. But you see, when the angel instructs Joseph, he says, you're going to name the baby boy Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. You see, Jesus came not because we needed a celebration, but because we needed a Savior because we needed a Savior, we needed a rescuer from the power of sin and death. And friends, the beautiful thing that we get to see from this side of the cross and the resurrection is that is exactly who Jesus was and what he did. It's good news. Matthew doesn't leave his readers, his audience in anticipation or suspense either. He makes it very clear in telling the story and laying the foundation of the gospel, this is Emmanuel. This child is God with us. And so in these two names we see together, we see the story, the meaning of Christmas. We see God is with us, present with his people, and his actions are aimed at rescue and redemption. That's the story of Christmas. This is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and his presence has the power to change everything as that's the ultimate gift of Christmas. There's no doubt that there's not a gift under the tree this year that's going to top that, that's even going to come close. But occasionally, don't we receive gifts that are just different? We receive gifts that are different, special, things that we hold on to. Uh, I brought one of those gifts with me uh, today. This is a special gift uh, this is a 1973 New International Version of the New Testament. It's just the New Testament; doesn't have the Old Testament with it. Uh, its binding is getting loose, so I, I put a rubber band on it to keep it together and all of its contents. It's overflowing with knickknacks. Uh, the, the pages they kind of have a musty smell, like it's taken on some age and they're starting to fade. It's certainly not going to fetch a high price, like. Tickle Me Elmo is probably going to beat this Bible out on eBay. But you see, this gift is priceless. It's priceless. It's not rare. It's not autographed by anybody famous. It's nothing like that. It's important, and it's priceless to me because of who gave it to me. You see, this was my granddaddy's Bible. And I remember it sitting on the table beside his chair my entire childhood. It was right there. And this Bible is, is full of memories and stories and things that take me back. It's a gift that's, that's just different. It's full of memories. And inside the cover, he, he wrote uh, just a short note uh, to me saying that he wanted me to have this. And he wanted me to remember some of the things that we got to do. And uh, we used to hunt and fish and do all the stuff that little boys dream of doing. Uh, we got to do those things, and he wanted me to remember, and and he left three other things for me to read, three other things. The the first, uh, he wrote down his version of a proverb. Uh, He wrote down these words. He says, just remember, do not start something that old people are trying to stop. That right there is classic Gerald Howdy Shell. Do not start something that old people are trying to stop. Now, to be sure, that meant, it would mean different things to me at different points in my life. But when I read that this week, I'm thinking, you know, I see a lot of people trying to retire. I wonder if I should go ahead and try to do that so I can get ahead of the curve. I'm just saying. I don't think that's what he meant. Don't start something that older people are trying to stop. The next thing he wrote down was Luke 6.31. Do to others as you would have them do to you the golden rule. Boy, if I had a dollar for every time we as grandkids heard this, I probably could retire and start fishing, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, this was his response when the kids started acting up, when we were uh, running amok or doing, being ornery, as he would say. This is what he pulled out. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. All right. One more scripture. One more scripture. Matthew twenty-eight twenty the very end of the gospel of Matthew. You can see there in the picture that it's underlined uh, in red, it's in blue, it's in darker gray, it's highlighted. And it says, And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. You see, it's the promise of presence from Jesus himself. And this is the end of the story. And what we see here is that for Matthew and the way he's constructed his gospel, the story of Jesus literally begins and ends with the promise of presence. I am with you always. Presence. Don't miss that this Christmas. (laughs) Don't miss that. I don't know what my granddaddy was up to here. I don't know if He was wanting me to remember Him and to remember the memories that we made together and all of those things, or if He was pointing me to the most precious gift that anyone could ever receive, presence of Christ Jesus. Probably both, (laughs) probably both. As the band begins to make their way forward, I know I know for some of you today that that Christmas is an incredibly difficult time of year. I I know that for some, loneliness arrives as an unwanted guest at the holidays because we seemingly see everyone else gathered with friends and family, and loneliness comes to knock on our heart's door. I I know that grief comes unplanned and unannounced as we have memories of, of those loved ones who won't be celebrating with us this year. And I know that that even in this season, perhaps it's a time where we have to really wrestle with the baby in the manger, with the story of Christmas, because we see in the story of Christmas a God of great love going to great lengths to rescue his people, and we have to wrestle with that. We have to wrestle with those questions. Does God see me? Does he know me? Does he care about my story and about my life? Christmas says, yes, yes. You see, we celebrate the coming of Jesus at Christmas. And that's a great reason to celebrate, but what we see in Easter, what we see in His resurrection is the promise of His presence in our hearts, in the hearts of those who are for Him forever. That means there is never a moment that we are truly alone because He is with us. That's the promise of Matthew 28. You see, literally, as Matthew has constructed his gospel, the last words of Jesus are saying, I am with you always as you would follow the story of jesus coming out of the manger he grows up he performs miracles he demonstrates what the kingdom of god is like when it breaks into our world he heals he brings a uh, restoration uh, he shows us how to love and how to live like the father and how to serve like the father and then he died a criminal's death on a cross and after three days he arose again triumphant he conquered death and now the resurrected Jesus as we come into Matthew 28 is about to go back to heaven but before he goes he has a message for his disciples his closest followers something that we need to hear and remember today verse 18 he says then Jesus came to them his disciples and said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The promise of presence. You see, Jesus promised, even though it looks like I'm not, I am with you. God himself with us. And if you will choose today, he will always be with you. The greatest gift is presence. Will you receive it today? Will you receive it? Let's bow our heads and pray for just a moment. Father in heaven, we thank you for the greatest gift. Lord, we thank you for the invitation to life. That, Lord, through your life, death, and resurrection, your defeat of sin, death, and hell, that, Lord, we can find life in you. Lord, we can find forgiveness and healing. And, Lord, that you come to live, dwell in us, Lord Jesus. And your word says, I am always Lord, for the power of presence, that no matter where we find ourselves, no matter how difficult the season, we have the promise of your presence, and your presence changes everything, Lord. Father, I pray for that heart tonight that is seeking you, Lord, seeking to receive the gift of presence. seeking forgiveness and restoration in your life within us. Thank you today, Lord. We love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. If you would like to receive communion, the elements are still up on this front table. Maybe if you began tonight, you weren't sure. But tonight, now, you are. And I would invite you to stand. We're going to transition to candlelight, but just know that the table is open this evening as we continue in our service. One of the ways that we like to remind ourselves and to celebrate Christ's presence is with light, not lights like we might see riding down the road, a little more simple than that. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of the world. Of life, Friends, Jesus is the light of the world. And today we're going to celebrate that and remember that as we light the Christ candle and then share in a candlelight service together. Uh, This is a real candle. You're going to be holding a real flame. So be cautious, be careful of your beard, your hair, your neighbor, all that good stuff. But I would just invite you as we get to hold this to worship, to allow your heart to be fully present in this moment with the body, and worship Christ the King, the light of the world.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.